Hi everyone and welcome to the 67th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hey guys. And Brian. Sup fools. <laughs> Brian is back. He hasn't been on the show for quite a while. No. It's nice to have you back. Yeah, although some people might remember him from the good old days of GMFM where we ripped certain soundtracks to shreds. Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Puncturing them a new one, yeah, as it were. Final Fantasy Twelve was a good one. Yes. Mm. yes Wait, no, we didn't do twelve. Didn't we? I thought we did twelve. No, no we never got around to twelve. Oh, uh, yeah, that was going to be the the reprise, wasn't it? Yes. <gasps> uh oh, now everybody's. We might ex- get around to it someday, but. I think I think we have to have an extra dose of Haterade before we do that episode, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> we just need to wait for the day where we're both in a car accident was... or something really bad has happened, and we can just come in and really do that episode justice. Was, wasn't It was Final Fantasy thirteen, wasn't it? We did that with uh, Daniel Floyd. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and he was really psyched about doing 12 because he was really positive about the soundtrack, and then we spoke to him for probably about half an hour, and he was like, <laughs> you know, guys... I'm not too keen on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing his spirit. We, we've managed to do that. Every single episode of GMFM, we managed to crush the spirit of anyone yeah, that came on. Yeah. We did this, yeah, we did the same thing with Sophia Tong when we talked about Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the only one who was immune to our negativity was uh, was Piano Squall. Yeah, he was like, I still love Kingdom Hearts. It's still awesome. And you we're can't like, ruin it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried. We, we gave it the old college try, and he, uh, he still like, loved so, it. So what's your least favorite track? I don't have one. Oh, come on now. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know anyway, you hate it. Anyway, um, yeah, so last episode we had... We had very few things to talk about, actually. Mm. But we, so we had a big segment about Final Fantasy IX, which you guys really seem to like. So maybe we're going to do more of those in the future. Obviously, we're actually limited in the amount of games we can yeah. talk about. <laughs> but Got to we, spread them out a little bit. Yeah, we'll start so we, making gonna, up games. We're going to think about when we want to do one of those in the future. Maybe we do them every 10th episode or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so we actually have some news to talk about this episode, some of which came in literally just before we were about to record. That's how on the ball we are. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think what it really is is that's how desperate for news we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Way to put it that way, Brian. I'm, Thank I'm you. just saying. I'm just saying. Just we also like have um, responses to this episode's burning question, which was quite interesting, actually. A lot of people were not, not so confident about Square Enix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hanging by a thread, guys. Hanging yeah. by a thread. And uh, then we've got some questions. We had quite a few questions as well. So thanks a lot to everyone who submitted those. Mm-hmm. As always, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com, which is Brian's own enterprise. That's me, bitch. I'm sorry, yeah. that's me, word Bees? that's not a curse word. Yeah. We're a PG friendly here, Brian. I'll have to bleep that out. Yep. Yeah. That, that is shocking behavior. Ah, shocking. Did it again. <laughs> Oh, um, just make more and, uh, work for myself. In case you've never listened to us before, we do come out on the iTunes store, but you can also check us out on Final Fantasy Union or GamingUnion.net. Before I do go on to the news, though, I actually want to give a shout-out to Autumn's Hollow, who sent me a really long PM on the forums, giving a load of feedback, and we are listening. It's all been t- uh, taken on board. We've, I've passed it around to all the different hosts, so thanks for getting in touch about that. Mm-hmm. Also... We are in the process of developing a new Final Fantasy Union, which is going to be crazy. It's looking yeah. super sweet. Oh my god! Yep. We, you guys, we it's have... nothing like you've seen us do before. 
it's nothing like any other Final Fantasy website out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's we are we're trying to chill. make this an amazing experience for you guys. Um we started development probably about last week, which knowing our luck means it probably won't listen to the year. Release in two thousand fifteen. Yeah. But um we we're trying and we this usually we are quite secretive with all this kind of stuff. Um I think this time we're gonna try and be a bit more transparent about what's happening and try and get you guys involved a bit more. Um, I think that we're going to do some beta testing when we're getting closer to the site's launch, so keep your eyes peeled for that, and um, hopefully we'll have a staff blog about it soon so we can talk a bit more about it. Until then, though, we're now going to go on to the Final Fantasy news. Uh-oh! I know. this is uh, One of the stories is interesting. The other is, I guess, cringeworthy is, is a word that I really want to use. Um... <laughs> So the first story, which is going in line with everything we've talked about in the last couple of episodes, Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two DLC. Because that's pretty much the only thing Square Enix are talking about. <laughs> um, the the Snow DLC has been announced, and uh, the game's director Toriyama said that the episode will clear up some of the mysteries surrounding the Colosseum, and it will also talk about Snow's role in the game and why he is a lessee again. Mm. Are you guys messing interested? Around. Brian, not, are you going to buy it? I bet you're going to... Day one for Brian. Not even interested. <laughs> Could not care less. I, I, You know, I really did enjoy 13 too. I thought it was pretty decent, but I'm I'm just done. I'm done. I really am. <laughs> I'm actually when the, pretty When interested. the Saws DLC came out and it was just kind of this mediocre attempt to, to explain, I just, I just kind of shut down after that. And I'm not convinced that this is going to be great. I, I pray that I am proven wrong, but I really don't care. I'm kind of interested, if only because it's snow, but I, I'm also kind of interested because it's just kind of like, um, well, I'm kind of going in spoiler territory, but how is it going to it. work? I'll just leave it I, at I that. Think, Don't know I how think it's, it's a bit work. cheap that they, they put him in the story and did like a load of, oh, well, okay, moments, mm. and then now they're going to use some DLC to try and explain it. Knowing Square Enix, though, they just won't. No. So, yeah. The other big thing about this is that he has changed job type, apparently. I I asked this on Twitter, and a lot of people said the same thing. He is now going to be a commando. Wasn't he yeah. always a commando? No, yeah. he was a sentinel. Well, I always what? used him as a commando. You're one of the few, I actually, Lauren. Actually, you know what? You know what? That makes sense, because he does have the highest amount. In 13, he has the highest amount of HP and the highest defense, Yeah, and he? when you do his Eidolon fight, he's a sentinel. He has to, he yeah. has to, he gets it up by defending himself. Yeah, I know. I guess the problem, though, is that I never... I didn't use him very long. I, I went with the guide, and the guide had... Him, well, the guide had me use Hope. It had me use uh, Lightning and do Fang. So I never used Snow. The only time I used Snow was as a commando. I don't even think I'd unlocked the Sentinel job yet by the time I'd gotten rid of him. So I, I used him mainly as a Sentinel. I used him hmm. mainly as a commando, if only because like I could just have him doing a ton of a that, ton of damage. That's why like the whole Steel Guard phrase because he says it so so often. Oh, I know he God. does say Steel Guard a ton, but I never I don't know I I never really put anybody in a certain job class type like full stop. Like, um, Snow is a sentinel, but he is also a commando. And but it's like, like, you know, Hope. Hope is like a medic stroke. He's a mage. You'd never have him as a commando or a sentinel. But, but see, well, that, no. that's the interesting thing. It took me two games to figure this out, but 
a commando is not just physical damage. It is it can be damage dealt via magic. So he can actually yeah. be a really, really, really good commando. Mm-hmm. He can do a lot of damage. I, it took me a long time to figure that out. I was always it, thinking, okay, fighter and then black mage, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it does depend on what the AI decides to choose. Because exactly. um, if they mm-hmm. start using melee attacks as a commander, then you're like, what the hell? <laughs> Especially when you see like, oh, they'll do one melee attack and then they'll do like um, ruin guard and it will do like double the damage. Why do you just do that the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> now do we know why they have made snow change over to a commando i think it's because pretty much every single dlc character has been a commando <laughs> yeah that is kind of weird although um well sauce was commando and and ravager i used him as and oh no i loved him as a um synergist because he could just cast haste on everybody yeah which they took out of this game that's pretty lame <sighs> yeah. well when, when is the dlc coming out they don't. I don't think they specified a release date. I don't remember. Um, I think the next one that comes out is Lightnings. Yeah. So it will probably be, I guess, around August time. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they're they're releasing Lightnings before uh, before Snows because I mean it seems like hers might have a bigger story arc. I don't know. Maybe like I think Lightnings might have already come out. Actually, I'm not sure. Oh, uh, I don't know. See, <laughs> I haven't I haven't been keeping <laughs> up to date the, with this. This is DLC. how little yeah. I care about the DLC. Also, I yeah, think... someone's probably going to just be like, "Oh, you guys are such noobs." Blaney came know, out on this day. But I think I think Lightnings was more so about like her being in the Coliseum and um, getting it her was in kind the of, party. Yeah, it was. It was like talking about what was going on from her perspective. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a ton. It wasn't like a ton going on. No, I don't think. Hmm. I don't think it was a ton of story, but oh no, no there, there was there was the other one as well because there was the one where she was just in the Coliseum, but there's there's also the Lightning DLC too. There's a story. There's a story DLC. Oh, okay. okay. My my brain is exploding. I know. I well, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> it is pretty <laughs> the, annoying. The, the next story is one that people will probably never have predicted. It's about Final Fantasy versus thirteen. I know. They actually said something about it. It it was actually from an interview with Game Informer where they were asking Nomura about um, the next Kingdom Hearts game. And they they snuck in a sneaky little question about Versus 13. And what did Nomura say? He asked us to be patient. Add it to the list. Silence. (laughs) It's like, what do you think we've been doing for the last six years? Yeah, it's like, uh, dude, we have waited a freaking long time for this game. Um, Final Fantasy XIII and XIII 2 are already both out. Versus See, 13. Ver- Versus 13 has officially gone on the Kingdom Hearts 3 never going to be made pile. It, I, I mm. don't, I'm not convinced it's, it's that either of those games vaporware. will ever be made. It's, va- it's vaporware. It really is. But anyway, so the direct quote from the mirror was, We would like to ask you for your patience on an official announcement for this title. It always takes time when tackling the challenge of doing something completely new, but we are doing our best to bring information to the fans as quickly as possible. Your patience is greatly appreciated. But the gameplay looks a lot like Kingdom Hearts. Like, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't understand. This is not that's, something that's completely uncommon for them. That entire statement just makes me think that they're inept. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> come on. Like, it's great that you're doing something completely new. I'm sure many other developers around the world have done that and not taken six years to make a game. Yeah. And the fact, it's, it's the... He says, we do, of course, you don't know if it's mistranslation or not, but we're doing our best to bring information to the fans as quickly as we can. Clearly, you're not. Yeah. No. <laughs> We've had, no. in the six years that we have passed, we have had almost nothing. They had that spell, I think, in 2009, where they um, had all the other characters that came into it. 
none of them ever got names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, at the beginning of 2011, there was the um, the first party premiere where we actually saw some gameplay. Nothing since then. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I mean, you, you you look at the line. We're doing our best to bring information to the fans as quickly as we can. That, that's uh, that phrase means nothing because it. it, it takes nothing to bring information to us. I don't care if each week if you just come and say, yeah, we haven't done anything new on it. We'll talk next week. You know, I don't care about that. It's it's really more, oh, we're not really developing it. We're not really putting the time into it. And so, yeah. And while I have you, I want to announce my next game, Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2 Part 6 through 10. Going to come out in the next two years. <laughs> and then we'll get on to Versus 13 after that. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, the maybe. maybe. You can't, I'm sorry. You can't I, I know. Out, th- I know that's cynical, but I'm just. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of the the game that you don't mention anymore because it is now one that you know people are so fed up about hearing that nothing's happening. You know, it's just one of those things. I think. I think it's still going to sell well. It's got that Duke Nukem Forever kind of thing where um, just because it's taken so long, everyone knows about Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen because it's become a running joke. Mm. Yeah. Now, Square Enix could actually leverage mm-hmm. that. If they make a good... Like, Duke Nukem Forever, it was a pretty bad game. Yeah. yeah. But it still sold a ton purely because everyone knew about it. They were hyped about it. They thought, oh, well, you know, it's been in about 10 years. I want to check this out. I should see what it's like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, we, we actually have a question that deals with this, so I won't talk about it much. I'm just, I just want to hit on it. It's very unlikely with all the hype that the game will ever do as well as, as they think it will. Um, yeah. and And people are not going to probably like it it's not going to live up to the standards and square enix i think we can all agree is kind of on some shaky ground right now when it comes to the fans. yeah i mean i think the thing that square have been getting wrong recently is the story like an Mm. rpg the gameplay is a nice bonus yeah but the story if it's got a good story you oversee that like near the gameplay and the graphics and stuff they're not the best compared to other games out there but the story really sold it yeah Mm. Yeah, the story really it, if it's got a good story. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll, I we'll just, move yeah. on. Oh, sigh. Uh, <laughs> right, so uh, burning question time. Yay! Last episode, we asked you if you think we'll hear about Final Fantasy fifteen in an official way before Final Fantasy Versus thirteen releases. We had a, a mixture <laughs> of responses on this one. Why don't you uh, kick it off, Brian? All right. So our first one comes from the forums. It comes from uh, Forever Two Anne. I'm sorry if that's not how you pronounce it. Uh, but they say if Final Fantasy 15 is announced before FF Versus, then I will rage, and then I will buy ice cream while playing through Final Fantasy IX, so I can remind myself why I like the Final Fantasy series. I agree with all of that, except I would probably play through Final Fantasy VIII or X because those are my favorites. But, uh, yeah. Um, I think... I, I don't know if I would necessarily rage, but I would be oh, you would. very disappointed. <laughs> but, see, that that's the thing. I'm... Like I said, I'm kind of over the 13... Yeah. Uh, the, kind of the 13 legacy now. I, I would be fine if 15 went ahead and came out. Yeah, you know, I've reached the point it. of, like, numbness. Like, I'm just completely numb. My um, best part of that comment is that they said they're going to buy ice cream while play through <laughs> playing through the game. They're actually going to go to the shop with Final Fantasy IX, probably on their PSP, and buy the ice cream on the move. That's that, how winners that do it. That is impressive, yes. That's how winners do it, Daryl. <laughs> right, so the next one is from Slayer of Time, who says, if Final Fantasy XV is announced before Versus, well, 
sigh. Oh. I just don't care. I mean, I agree. I just don't care anymore. And and I hate to say that. I really do because I am a, I am a fan of the franchise, but uh, you know, if 13 if 13 versus comes out, great. If it doesn't, I don't really care. Like I said, I'm I'm ready for 15. I'm ready for us to move on to another era. So, I don't know. We'll see. Well, this next one is from Ultim Maja who says, uh, yes, with the way Square is kind of going downhill recently, they'll want another game to get people hooked. I, I agree with the sentiment. I don't necessarily agree that that's why they should do it, mm. because um, it's a bit cynical. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, yeah I mean, as I, I think I said on an episode in the past, um, I think if, if they do Final Fantasy XV right, no one's going to care about what happened with thirteen. Mm-hmm. They'll just forget. It'll kind of be the, you know, yeah, a lot of people didn't really like 11 or they didn't really understand it, but they had other numbered games before it. And, you know, 12 hit or miss, you know, regardless of what you say, it did kind of gloss people's, you know, hatred for 11 quite a bit. So it it helps. So, you know, I agree. If they can, if they can do 15 right, I think it might um, mend some of the wounds. I think they kind of need mm-hmm. to as well. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. We but interestingly, Firefly zero zero seven one from the forums actually asks us a uh, clarifying question, uh, and the question is: Will Square Enix make an announcement at E three two thousand and twelve? Um, my guess is no. I mean, like E three is really strange, or at least like Japanese companies are pretty strange with it. Like um, Square Enix didn't even bring Kingdom Hearts three D. Or, like, even feature it in the 3DS um, presentation during the Nintendo, um, the Nintendo, uh, what is it, panel? Press conference. Press conference. There you go. Thank you. That's the word. Um, <laughs> but they didn't even talk about it. So, well, like, last why year they would about, talk about it. was about... very much about the Wii U, wasn't it? So Yeah, I know. But, like, they didn't even show it in that in that little, like, um, video thing that they had going on It's a strange it. one. I mean, I don't know how it works. I mean, Square Enix now treat E3 as a Western-focused show, so... Yeah, but they... if, if anything, I think that they would announce Type Zero's localization, if anything, but anything about Versus 13... I don't know. I don't, I don't... Do you think enough people would care that on that stage? Um, like if they're that worried, do you well, think that are, that would be are, the are place you saying at the, at the press conference or at their own booth? Just at their own booth. I don't know. I mean, they might do it via press uh, press release. Maybe mm-hmm. at the PlayStation at the PlayStation press conference. It would have to be a Vita game if they were going to do it there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they did do the whole Final Fantasy fourteen thing during Sony's press conference, and that mm-hmm. it's still got the wow fact. Like if they if if one of the companies, either Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo, pumped up the money to get it exclusive on their platform again, that would be big news. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the 13 to Xbox 360 announcement is still probably one of the biggest shocks ever in, in E3 history. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I am curious, at the and, and you have to forgive my ignorance here, at the press conferences, do they spend any kind of time talking about games that are cross-platform? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it's conceivable. Microsoft it's, it's, do especially because they don't really have any exclusives to talk about. So they have to like talk about Modern Warfare, Tomb Raider. I mm-hmm. guess that's a good point. I guess that's a good point. I, like I couldn't think. I, I didn't know if they would focus primarily on proprietary stuff, and if they did, would they even touch Final Fantasy because it kind of goes all over the place. It, it's a yeah. it's a it's a balance they have to do. I mean, Sony they've had a lot more exclusives in the past couple of years, so they've they've spent a lot more time on their own stuff. But if they don't show the multi platform, then you know Joe Bloggs, who's watching the press conference might not even know those games are going to be on the system. Mm. They might think that like Batman's going to be an exclusive or something like that. So they have, they, you know, have to kind of cater for um, both audiences. Well, we, we were talking, I mean, I don't know how many episodes ago it was, but we were talking about E3 and how with the, with the uh, kind of the information just kind of flowing out all the time because of the internet, there aren't nearly as many surprises. There aren't nearly many no. as reveals. Has Square Enix in the last couple of years, have they still been able to surprise people with announcements or has it, you know, when people go, they kind of know what they're going to get already? Well, I think 08 was the, the 360 mm-hmm. announcement mm-hmm. for versus, uh, sorry, for 13. 09 was Final Fantasy 14. Um, since then, they've they've done like nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. they had Kingdom Hearts. Uh, sorry, 2010 was Kingdom Hearts on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Um, last year they did nothing. La- last, but last year was the first year when they'd really um, been in full force with uh, IDOS. Hmm. So last year was very much about Tomb Raider. So mm-hmm. they did from that perspective, but that's not the Square Enix that we know. Yeah. Hmm. I like mean, Tomb Raider it... was a big thing last year, and Hitman obviously last year was was a big thing too. Mm-hmm. There's that. So it's it's possible that they might pull a surprise out of their bums, but I I don't know. We'll we'll kind of see when we get closer to the date. I I'm I don't really expect much out of it, which is kind of ironic because it, it seems like they they really are trying to to tailor their games more towards Western audiences, but they they still aren't really thinking through the West. You know, if they do treat E3 as a Western press conference, they don't they don't seem to be thinking in those terms anymore. They're still kind of on their old marketing campaigns and old marketing schemes that might just be me but i don't know we'll see if they bridge that gap i guess yeah i mean rosa aquafire actually from the forum said uh that, that she's honestly expecting to see final fantasy 15 announced at this year's e3 oh. <laughs> <laughs> um okay you, you know the, the the whole question was how will you feel if final fantasy 15 is announced before versus 13 comes out honestly i'm still waiting for 14 to come to the playstation 3 so if they announce 15 <laughs> yeah. then i'm gonna be royally royally pissed yeah definitely well uh Dagamota on the forums said, I'm pretty sure they'll announce Final Fantasy 15 before Versus 13's release. Square Enix has a bad habit of starting projects with too many mandates and not much of a track record for completing said project. That's it's so true. They, they have the worst track record ever. Mm. But it's only, they, a, it's only for lately. Like It's, it's Square Enix. Squaresoft never used to do it. Yeah, they exactly. only used to release a game like that. You, they probably start talking about a game, but then the games came out a lot sooner. You know, yeah, the, we've talked about it loads in recent episodes. Like the PlayStation, the PlayStation One and Two era, ignoring twelve, those games came out really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like a year, in some instances, it was like a year apart. Whereas like twelve was the first one under Square Enix. If you ignore um, ten part two. Mm. and that i mean it wasn't their fault but they had so many problems during that game's development cycle and and they were just talking so much about different things like if you actually look at the footage they initially showed i think around 2003 it 
is a completely different game. Like they they had to rework so much of it because um, Matt's I think it's Matsuno he he got in he got um, he came really ill mm-hmm. so and he was the game's director so they had to they had to really change things around. Thirteen again they sh- they just shot themselves in the foot. I mean it it was supposed to be um, it was being developed on the PlayStation Two uh, and then Sony were like well guys we're actually developing the PlayStation Three do you want to do it on that instead <laughs> so they were like oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll make a new engine for it. And then there were loads of problems with that. And it's, yeah. So so they, is they, the implication in this comment to say that Square Enix has a track record of setting mandates and then not keeping to their schedules or that they say we're going to do this project and then they never do it at all? They generally they generally finish what they start. It just takes mm. them longer than they say yeah, it's Yeah, I think okay. like, in recent years they just haven't scoped anything out properly. Like, you know, obviously they wanted to do this whole Fabula Novus Crystallis thing. It's just taken so long. I, I don't think they even envisaged... Obviously, they announced the three games at the same time, uh, Agito, Versus, and 13. Mm-hmm. They clearly didn't envision Versus taking this long. They clearly <laughs> didn't envision uh, what is now Type-0 taking the same amount of time because, you know, that's that took five five and a half years to make and that was only a portable game. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They they just they can't have imagined that that things would take that long. I mean, they had two they had two thirteen games out before pretty much before Type Zero. I mean, they came yeah. out around the same time in the end. But still what it's... I find what I find funny is that the games that we're we're mostly anticipating like uh, versus don't thirteen make. and Final <laughs> Fantasy fifteen they don't make, but they Kingdom tend Hearts to make three as well. But they make and Kingdom Hearts three, but they make the games that we don't like which i mean well i say so, so, don't, so we like, don't like but, but it's just they're not they're not they don't have the same magic as the other games it's just yeah like, i mean it's, it's it's great they've released the actual them final fantasy but would people not have rather that they actually took the time to localize yeah. type zero yeah I mean, that like, and then why come out with another online title like that just wastes shush, so much shush. time. Shush. I want what? 14. I want 14. But, but tw- still, 11's still doing like... really well, though. It, uh, it it's, it's just greed. I, I, I don't really understand it. Mm-mm. I don't either. They didn't, I think they they didn't need, need a... to do that. They, they could they have put the, the, uh, the 14 development team into making a new home console title mm-hmm. i mean it's it's hard it's i mean as much as i want 14 it's hard for me to defend against that just given how badly it's done how just how it's crappy the game has been i mean it, it has been just a, a proper failure on almost every level yeah i mean really the only team that's actually done well is tabata's team on the psp yeah. because he mm. pumped out he's pumped out crisis core birth mm-hmm. by sleep parasite eve and type zero in mm. probably just about probably five years so he's he's been doing a game a year mm-hmm. and the, oh the, the two decidias as well yeah so he's done six games in one in probably about six years mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah so. and it's pretty impressive and i think like the psp titles are the titles that have gotten the most praise they, lately those t- all of those titles that i mentioned aside from parasite eve i think are, are pretty much some of the best-selling titles on the psp they, mm-hmm. along with uh, Capcom and Monster Hunter, pretty much dragged the PSP kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I did carry it. But I, yeah, I, I don't deny that the games were good. I've played them. They really are great. But 
I think though when you when you have a portable title, you you lower your expectations, and so that's I think that's partially why they were so great. And I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, it's Crisis Courts, Final Fantasy yeah, Seven. I mean, but like, mm-hmm. if if the was on a home console, obviously they would have beefed certain things up. Sure, that mm-hmm. that game would have worked fine on the PS3. Like, yeah, if if that had a release on the PS3, it would have sold so much more. Yeah. And with Crisis Core, they did take a lot of liberties because, I mean, like, it was an entirely different gameplay style to what people were used yeah. to with Final Fantasy VII. Like, Birth by Sleep, if that had released on the PS2. Oh, I would have loved it. That would have been fantastic. I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they wouldn't have done because PS2 is kind of dead, but, mm-hmm. you know. Hell, just, uh, pour, anyway. just port it. Just make an HD version and port it to the yeah. PS3. Yeah. I would be totally okay with that and would totally buy it. Well, anyway, we've talked a bit about it during that whole segment, but um, for next episode's burning question, we actually want to know, do you want to see any more from Fabula Nova Crystallis? No! We... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going no to be on the show next time, so I'm, I'm just going to throw my thoughts right out there. Well, before Brian does that in a bit more detail, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say, we've obviously seen um, uh, 13... Uh, 13 part 2 which wasn't planned well well, I say it wasn't planned it blatantly was um, <laughs> versus 13 may or may not come out type 0 we may or may not ever see but clearly they planned it as a much greater thing they, they, um, well, type, they're supposed to be type 1 and type 2 mm-hmm. um, is there any point in making those if it's only going to be the Japan that gets them who knows but there is the scope for them to do a lot more I mean like you look at Crystal Chronicles Crystal Chronicles is, is massive there are so many flipping Crystal Chronicles games out there. And obviously, the Evilist games, there's loads of those. If Square Enix, and Final Fantasy VII. Do you want to see more? That's what we want to know. Do you want them to expand it? Do you want them to make more 13 properties? Maybe not 13 Part 3, but spin-offs like they did with uh, Crisis Core. Maybe a film. Who knows? Tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. While you're thinking about that, we're actually going to go on to the question segment. So, we have quite a few questions this episode, Ooh, and dude. I think Brian is going to kick it off. I have the first one, and it is from good old the Ninja Max. Uh, and they say, while opinions surrounding this may vary, it seems to be the general consensus that Versus 13 will be the game that will either be the saving grace or the last nail in the coffin for Final Fantasy's clout in the industry to many of the disgruntled longtime fans. Do you share similar feelings to this sentiment, or do you feel fans are simply placing overwhelming and unfair pressure on Square Enix on the outcome of a single game? I do think there is a degree of truth in that. I, I don't think it's... It, I think it has the, the great possibility of being the saving grace. I don't think it will be the last nail in the coffin, though, simply because it's not a main game. And by that, I mean it's not a direct numbered title. I see it very much as um, the new Dirge of Cerberus. Not saying that the game is going to be that poor in terms of quality, but even just, though Dirge of Cerberus... You just condemned it to failure. Yeah. But even though Dirge of Cerberus was a really poor game, it didn't tarnish the Final Fantasy name whatsoever. Mm. I mean, people, if you wanted to play it, you played it. If you didn't... I think because Square Enix kind of bigged it up, and it's a PS3 exclusive as well, so I think that actually puts more spotlight on it than being a Final Fantasy title, because there is so much pressure on there for it to perform to justify Square Enix, because it 
Square Enix's decision to make it an exclusive. See, and who I, knows? It may I well change. Know. It may it may come to the 360. I, I don't I don't think I honestly don't think Versus 13 is going to have that much of a of of a kind of a hold over the franchise. Mainly, like you said, because it's a it's not a technically a numbered game. But I think people are so fed up with the 13 property in general. It I don't think it's really going to have that much impact. I think the one that really really will will be 15 whenever it comes out. Where they go from there, I think. I think that will be that could be the final nail in the coffin so to speak mm-hmm. yeah i mean that game is going to be very interesting because if they they clearly have to have listened to feedback because they're like literally every single person in the entire world is saying we don't want toriyama to make another game <laughs> yeah if they continue to choose him then um, there could be serious problems. But then, I mean, he did do 10. Yeah. So he does have the capability to do well. I I think they're just so confused about what they want to do. Mm -hmm. I think if they're going to do 15 and it's going to be a success, they just need to make the game that they want to make. Yeah. All all the time they were doing that, everyone loved it. And to be honest, I think they did amazingly well to make 10, arguably 11 games that were really well received by pretty much everyone that played them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can you think of any other walk of life where any company has success 11 times in a row? Uh, like, unconditioned Apple, success. Maybe. But that's about it. <laughs> well, to Apple be honest, does. I mean, their, their video game console was <laughs> pretty dire. <laughs> to be honest, I think that they... I think that this... We're seeing signs of them working on the game on these titles for too long because i mean if you think about it rockstar games i think they were the ones who said that they actually put titles on the shelf until they are ready to revisit them like bully like they um they left bully alone for a while and only lately has people um have people like talked about possibly the sequel I think Rockstar are a very unique company, though, because they make so much flipping money. They can it's do whatever true. the hell they want. I think it's it would be true. different if if one of the, if like maybe two of the, this is the situation Square Enix are in, isn't it? If if mm. two of Rockstar games is games did badly in a row, they would be mm. in trouble. Like if Grand Theft Auto Five yeah. isn't good, but the thing is, is that they keep it. It's that they, it's that they keep it relevant, but they don't like they keep it relevant like. But people want it. They. It's just it's that thing, though, isn't it? Because like Max Payne Three is coming out. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the expectation that is going to be great. GTA yeah. Five is coming out. Everyone has the expectation it's going to be great. It's like unquestioned. It's Rockstar. They don't yeah. make bad games, and that is exactly how Square Enix used to be. Yeah. Like when Final Fantasy Ten was coming out, I don't think I knew any single person who even remotely had a thought in their brain that was this game is going to suck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about this game. Should I buy it? Should I not? It was. It's a Final Fantasy game. I am getting this unquestionably. And most mm-hmm. people were, were uh, you know, I talked to a lot of people who were undecided whether or not they thought that or uh, Final Fantasy VII were the best game. They couldn't decide anymore. So, mm-hmm. but but I mean, you know, go, going back to Lauren's comment about putting a game on the shelf. For for a title like you know ten two or thirteen two or these sequels that they're doing, I agree. I think that would be that could be beneficial for them. Come back and revisit them when you have a little more time, and a little more perspective. But the Final Fantasy franchise is very different from Rockstar in the sense that 
um, each game is completely independent. It's a completely, or in most cases, it's completely different. It's it's in a different universe. It follows different storylines, different characters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they can they can recreate themselves almost every single game. It's well, just Rockstar hmm. kind of do that to a degree because like the Grand Theft Auto games. They're all different characters. Exactly, but yeah. I'm, I'm talking more from, you know, bully to then do bully two. That's that's kind of the same thing as 10 to 10 yeah. to 13 yeah, to 13 but... to. Put it on the shelf. Let it simmer for a little while. Let people... I think also <laughs> Rockstar, because they're a much... Like, Square Enix are a multi... Like, they're a worldwide publisher. And, mm. like, Final Fantasy is probably one of their biggest brands. And now they've got Eidos, they don't have to worry about it so much. But... Like, if you think about what they actually make, they make Final Fantasy, they make Dragon Quest, and they make Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. As a Japanese mm-hmm. entity, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, they throw yeah. a few other smaller franchises out there. If you look at Rockstar, you've got Grand Theft Auto, you've got Max Payne, you've got Bully, I guess, if you call that a franchise, you've got Red <laughs> Dead, um, and they do a few other ones as well, like L.A. Noir, the, the Warriors, but they're not... They're not as big of a company like they don't need to put a game out they're obviously helped by the fact that like gta 4 goes out and sells like 20 million <laughs> copies but yeah like square enix they if if they put the franchise on ice they would have to make a conscientious decision i think the the big thing that they did wrong was clearly announcing the games too early like yeah if versus if we didn't know anything about versus 13 at all up at this point and this year's e3 and it, let's say it's going to release next year, which it better damn well do. <laughs> if, they'd, if they'd have brought that to this year's E3, people would have been like, whoa, pretty much like they were when they initially announced it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But going along with what Brian was saying about like the games having different characters each time, that is true. But if you think about it, and this kind of ruined my perception of Final Fantasy a little tiny bit when I realized this, each game is pretty much... It, it's, it's a similar. group of people trying to save the world. It always ends up them trying to save the world, and every they RPG all have different is like jobs. that, though. You know, exactly. But I do feel as though that they have focused more on not necessarily getting the characters right, but more so just getting the money. And I think that that is where it's probably better for them that they take a break rather than run their franchise into the ground. Why not take a break and yeah. visit something and else I for a while or it, go in to some a different ways, title? As much as I hate on Capcom a lot, the way they have done the re- the main Resident Evil series, not the spin-offs, <laughs> the yeah. main Resident Evil series has actually been really good because as soon as, like, okay, it's not so great anymore, but I think it used to be that between each Resident Evil game, there was between four and six years. Mm-hmm. and like even with even with this one resident evil 6 they announced it i think the end of last year it's you know a year before it's coming out before that point we heard nothing any yeah. any rumors that they were on about it no we're not talking about it whatsoever before resident evil 5 it was exactly the same before resident evil 4 it was exactly the same and like you know that that was a franchise after resident evil 3 that was kind of going down a hill like resident evil 3 wasn't the best of games mm-hmm. and people were getting really worried about survival horror they took a long time out they made the game that they they thought was going to be great like resident evil 4 was a fantastic game mm-hmm. now they're kind of going back down that route again resident evil 5 wasn't that fantastic they haven't moved with the times yeah but you know there's always that scope and i think with um with with kind of let's say okay now um it is we don't see another final fantasy game for a while Mm. there's too long you can go too long though yeah like kingdom hearts 3 
Like they, it's it's been way too long. Like there's just the balance because the Kingdom Hearts fan, okay, they've been getting the the spin-offs, and you know the fans are, are largely happy with those. But it's always at the back of their mind they want Kingdom Hearts three, and if Square Enix leave it too much longer, they're going to have some serious problems because people are going to mm-hmm. start to get dissent forming. People are going to get tired. They're going to get bored. They're going to think that Square Enix don't care about them. Then Square Enix have the other problem of well, we've got to develop Kingdom Hearts three at some point. Mm-hmm. But we've also got to develop all these other games too because we stretched ourselves so much with everyone's expectations. They've kind of got to rein everything in a bit. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got the Final Fantasy franchise. They've created all these mini franchises as well. You've got all the PSP games. Now they're creating even more new IPs like Dissidia, um, Theatrhythm, and then you've got Kingdom Hearts, you've got Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest, they, they've, they've been quite good with, but that's because Enix kind of do that. Well, okay, okay. Here, so, so, so here's... Think about- so Square, Square um, Enix, you're going to get Brian's business plan. Here's what you do, okay? <laughs> Step number one, you buy out Capcom, and you live off of the Monster Hunter money for a while. You got plenty of that coming in. Just let them do their thing. And then you take all of these little <laughs> no-nonsense titles that you're working on, and I'm going to include thir- Versus 13 into that, and you just shove them off to the side, and you focus mm. on Kingdom Hearts 3, Final Fantasy 15, and you know what? I'll even throw in the localization of Type 0. You focus on that, and then you let your other company do their other properties and just you know j- just reestablish yourself get get your mm-hmm. get your name out of the mud for just a little bit and then you know pull these things off the shelf when you have time for them get them out of the freezer thaw them out and then slowly start releasing them back to us and then I we might enjoy it i think, I think it's, it's also kind of well if you think about it here think about it this way okay um they have the world ends with you the world ends with you has just i'm like it's lined up for a sequel now right yeah well like, people are really hyped for the sequel. And this is where it's kind of like, you know, well, well, people, fans will get tired, fans will get moody, blah, 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 blah. But obviously they don't, because everybody, when they heard about The World Ends With You, were completely happy. That's because they had no expectation, though, because... And but they do. It's, it's they this, do when they don't. But, but it's, 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 the whole, it's the whole table scrap mentality that that we're being fed these 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 little mm. know nothing titles, and we're in, with no news of of the things that we really really want. We eat them because it's, we have no other choice. Yeah, we have nothing it's else to fall like, back on. Um, as well, like mm. the world ends with you was a, was an interesting title because it it did critically really well, and anyone who's played it has said it's really good. Yeah, it sold yeah. terribly. And yeah. Yuichi Wada, I think it was after that title that Yuichi Wada said. We are going to put hardly any more resource into creating new IPs because people clearly don't want them. Not true. But no. what's, just what Square Enix's problem is, they have these, they create these properties, but they don't back them at no. all. Like, near. Yeah. They, need the, they need titles like The Waters With You. They need titles with, like, near. And to a degree, like, the Trials, like Star Ocean, um, like, The Last Remnant, they put them out there, but they just... They they don't give them any back. Like, the last remnant yeah. was technically an absolute mess. Yeah, yeah. How they could publish that game? I, if Nier <laughs> had been given to a developer who had more capabilities from a technical perspective, that game would have done so much better from a review from a re- review perspective. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have got more sales as a result. We don't know. Only Square Enix knows why it didn't do it. Okay, th- three three words me- for you though. Final Fantasy fourteen. It's true. It's, true. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. I think for me, and this might be an unpopular, um, an unpopular, unpopular opinion. <laughs> I would prefer. I would prefer a new IP that was done very well from Square Enix than Final Fantasy 15. 
Honestly, that is my opinion right now. Because I was so disappointed by Final Fantasy XII. I don't want to play an online title like Final it's Fantasy Eleven or actually. fourteen, or I I don't I don't get Final Fantasy thirteen or thirteen two. I can't get into that title. I want something that has a bit more heart and is more inventive and creative. Well, I could I could do well without having another Final Fantasy title in my life. To look, be honest, look at what Nintendo have just done. Okay, so like obviously the big JRPGs we all know about those. Nintendo said, right, the Wii has really struggled. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to commission some new games. Arguably one isn't that new. But <laughs> mm. they said, right, the last story, brand new IP, we're going to back it. It's made by Mistwalker. We don't care if it's a new IP, whatever. We're going to back it. Mistwalker made a fantastic game. It was exactly what JRPG fans wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Xenoblade Chronicles. <clears throat> Again, obviously that's part of an a semi-established franchise one of those niche jrpg franchises but still nintendo said you know what we're gonna back it Mm -hmm. it's done really well as a jrpg title like you know you can't have the expect final fantasy raised the bar for what is the expectation of of a jrpg it's unrealistic nintendo don't expect that you know they if 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 the last story in xenoblade chronicles sold half a million i'm sure nintendo were like Good job there, guys. Nicely <laughs> yeah. done. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the World of Warcraft effect. You know, people are, tr- you know, that has set the bar so high that very, very few people will be able to match it. And Final Fantasy, uh, the Final Fantasy franchise has, has done the same thing. And now they are struggling to meet their own bar. In fact, they've fallen short the last few times. So, mm. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just user expectations. Maybe our our expectations are I, are yeah, unrealistic at this point. Square Enix have been yeah. they they've been trying to match those sales, and th- to do that, they've been chasing whatever they have to do to get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that's like, oh, we need to get like all the Westerners involved, or you know, it's that's not the way they need to go about it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. th- they need to make the game they know people want to buy not um try and make the game for the people to buy like if that makes sense yeah. like they, make the game to... you want to make yeah exactly yeah. like make the game that made you a success in the first place don't try and and chase skirts and if that's <laughs> and if that's final fantasy that's fine but if it's not final fantasy that's good too yeah i like, mean it's the same I with want something different it's the same with nintendo like nintendo up until the wii had a very core audience of loyal fans. Like, mm-hmm. sure, the GameCube didn't sell that well. Mm-hmm. Still sold 22 million units around the world. It's not anything to be... Sh- uh, yeah, it's not that. It's, it's the same shabby. as the Xbox. Exactly. And that was, you know, Nintendo, they were kind of a bit behind at that point. Obviously, they had mm-hmm. to do the Wii to still survive. Yeah. But yeah. they said to their fans, screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> With the Wii U, I think that could really come back to hurt them. Because yeah. the, the fans that they have accrued are not loyal in the slightest. No. No. Not not to the no. not to the standpoint that they'll buy an entirely new system. No. A, yeah. a soccer mom, she has her Wii, she's going to play her, you know, her Mario Kart when she wants to or her Wii tennis and she she's not going to buy a new system. She doesn't care about a game that has a tablet for a controller. I think if it was a um if it was like the Wii Fit where they just had it was just like an attachment, I think people would be more willing to buy it, but like a whole new system. I just, I highly doubt I, that people would be. I want to go back that. and Lauren, I want to ask you a question. You said that you would rather see uh, a new property entirely rather than the development mm-hmm. of Final Fantasy 15. If you had to choose yeah. between, uh, I'm going to give you three options. If you had to choose between Final Fantasy, the development of Final Fantasy 15, 
and new property from them or Kingdom Hearts 3? Which would you which would you like to see most? A new property from them. So not even Kingdom Hearts 3. You'd say take everything, all of your established uh, IPs, put them away, get something new into the ballgame. Yeah, I'm totally for a new IP. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, I, I'm, a, I'm a Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy fan. Like, I love them both. But I am also kind of at the phase where I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's great, but I want something that's new. Like, I think it's kind of the, what happened, because when they announced 13 and they announced Versus 13, which was the game that everyone was more hyped about? Versus 13. Versus 13, yeah. But but why is that? Is, is, okay, so it, 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 was, it came from the mysterious effect where people didn't know what it was yeah. and that's why they wanted mm. it. But anyway, I think we've spent way too long on that question. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> we, a good question though. Yeah. Thanks, Ninja Max. Um, hopefully everyone liked our responses and arguments and whatever. Feel free to like post in the comments because it's a great topic. Yeah, and if you dis- and, if you um, disagree with what I've said, uh, don't get mad at me. Get mad at Daryl for having me on the show. So <laughs> <laughs> if you get mad at me, oh well. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Feel free to um, we'll discuss whatever. Just just go for it. Um, anyway, right. So the next question is from Waldo. Shortened the name this time. Um, <laughs> oh no, he, you've got to say no, the full no, name. Bri- no, Brian. Please no. say the full name. They I don't asked... get to be on the show. <laughs> I want to hear the full name. They asked. Which Final Fantasy dungeon, oh sorry, which Final Dungeon and or boss have you guys found the most difficult in any Final Fantasy game? Um, I am going to say, uh, probably either Unaleska, because I had a, I actually had a really tough time with Unaleska once, like, I, I couldn't find the, the right pattern to use. Like, just in terms of whether I should heal this person from zombie or if I should just let that person die. Like, that sort of thing. Like, I really just couldn't get a good pattern. So I kept having to, like, switch around a ton. Um, I'm trying to think of... Like, I can't really remember my experiences playing in the other Final Fantasy... Like, the um, older Final Fantasies because I haven't played them in, like, a long time. I think... Probably the Black Valses in um, Final Fantasy IX, the later ones, uh, the later Black Valses. I think that they were pretty, they were pretty tough to beat. I remember raging a lot with that, which I didn't do often when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was not a rager, but now I am. Um, but yeah, I would say that those are the ones that I that I remember. Um, Hojo, I know, I, oh, I, I had to put down. I had to put down my <laughs> controller and put away Final Fantasy VII for a long time. Yeah, what about you, Brian? Uh, yeah, I, I will give two. One that I would say definitely everybody will count, and one that doesn't count for most people. Um, the one that does count would be Ultimacia from FF8. I, I had the toughest mm-hmm. time beating that final encounter. But I, I think the reason for it is that. Final Fantasy VIII is one of the rare titles where you can max out your characters before you even beat the game. And once you're there, you mm-hmm. can't do anything more. You're, you're, you're set, you're locked. And because of the random nature of the encounter that she can banish one of your people and then you're down to two, and then it just, it just kind of escalates from there. I, uh, I really, really, really did not like it. Um, and to the point that I actually knew what happened at the end of the game because I would I watched the the final cutscenes before I ever beat her because I just got sick of trying. Um, but the other one that I don't think a lot of people will 
uh, know or agree with is um, one from Final Fantasy XI. I only tried the the encounter once, and I was invited to do it. Uh, and it is it is one called uh, Pan, uh, Pandemonium Warden, uh, also known as PW. Um, this is I I don't know since they've raised the level cap and whatnot. I don't know if if it has officially been beaten is, yet. Is that the guy where is that um, where? the Japanese players even struggle like there was only like one one party that ever beaten there or something the, the the only the only one the only account that I have read about is uh, it was a was a North American uh, link shell group a, a guild or a clan who went in to do it and they they played it for I, I think it was 18 hours they were fighting this yeah. boss and just wiped oh in the end they, they just couldn't do it they gave up and so I, I tried it once we lasted a couple hours and I I can't imagine somebody trying to do it back then and so I think that that personally was the hardest one, but that one was a little easier to manage simply because I was with a whole bunch of other people. Final Fantasy yeah. VIII Ultimacia, that I whore just would though, not die. Like you're in there with like twenty to thirty people, yeah. and like if one person makes a mistake, you could be you could have been in there for like three or four hours fighting this thing. If one person makes a mistake. Well, it just snowballs. Somebody does a Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> snowballs. The, the interesting thing, though, is that, and, and for those of you who have not played Eleven, if you die, the penalty is that you actually lose experience, so you can actually de-level. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when you hit your maximum level, you can actually kind of go in and earn more experience and kind of cap it out. And these guys just kept dying so many times. And th- this is like one of the best link shells in the North American server, period. Um, and they, they were dying so many times is that many of them had de-leveled once or twice and we're talking just thousands and thousands and thousands of points of experience and these guys are just dying i mean it's crazy (laughs) it's ridiculous it's crazy so i think um my the final dungeon would probably be ultima seas castle and it's not because it's hard it's because of the restrictions now mm. i don't i don't know if anyone's actually ever done this but what happens if you pick the wrong thing <laughs> i don't yeah, know I, I had the guide sitting in front of me the entire time so i have no idea like when you're a kid that is just it's crazy because they take away everything and mm. you're like what well, don't know what do i because don't they even take away basic attacks yeah yeah i remember that but it's like what happens if you um if you because you, you're not allowed to use any healing magic or anything either. It's like items and mm. stuff. So you're like, what happens if you need to heal? You, you just can't. Yeah. It's uh, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Perpetual hatred. Yeah. I don't think I really struggled on boss. I think maybe um, Seymour on the mountains. Seymour on the mountains was pretty hard. I, I yeah I didn't really have a problem with that one. I, you know, the, well, the one was the a game ones... where if you if you level up, it's quite easy. Well, I, and, yeah, I never and, leveled. See, I did. I, yeah, I'm I'm always a level whore. I I will grind my ass off, and that I think that's why I hated um, eight for that reason because I I, I couldn't do any more. I was you at have to my grind peak. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stop, Brian. You have to stop. But, but I, I just I think I think it's the one the the fights that rely on luck, not on skill, not on time mm-hmm. spent, and and I think that's partially why I hated uh, the final boss in thirteen. Can we talk about spoilers oh. from thirteen? Um. Well, it's not really 13, a spoiler I that much. So. Okay, yeah, well, just talking about what the boss does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the boss just has an instant death ability, and and it's just it it's 
frustrating. I mean, I was, I, I won't say I was maxed out. Well, no, I was very close to maxed out <laughs> at that point. Actually, mm-hmm. I was maxed out. I was as far as I could get in the, at that point in time. And I, it yeah. was, it was still completely random. And I, I did the fight three times and my wife was sitting in the same room and, you know, cursing. Like, ah! this, the, 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 <laughs> the curses were flying from my lips, you know, like, like water on a waterfall. It was just, it was, I painted a tapestry with my cursing. It was fantastic. But she was like, why do you still play this game if you hate it so much? Well, if I could add this to the equation, a really, really, really annoying, never want to run into random encounter. Malbros. Malbros. I. There's nothing would worse rage. than not saving a game for an hour or two, exactly. encountering random battle and dying. Marbler. Uh, Marlboro. I can't even say. Malbros. Malbros are freaking annoying they just you can't like if if they it it's entirely on luck like if they just happen to get the wrong status effect on all of your party members and you have nobody who can heal anybody Berserk. Oh. it's just like oh my god like really that, that's something that 13 has done well they, they've kind of turned those into more boss monsters so you know when you're going to be mm. going up against one and you know it's going to be tough it's not plus if you die they just kind of take so why is it have a checkpoint exactly know. exactly it's not game yeah over. you never knew if you were going to run into a malboro cactars anyway. on the other on the other hand yeah those those are little bastards Yes, yeah, um, right. So, I don't, do we have time for more questions? Oh, we can just do them all. We'll have an extra long show. Oh, how kind! Yeah. We're, we're spoiling you all. Look at that. I hope the dogs just stay quiet. Okay, we'll go for the next question, Lauren. <laughs> Fire okay. away. All right, this one is from Crimson Dragon, who asks, "Hey, gang." Was always thinking about why there needs to be a change in the Final Fantasy series, such as new gameplay and such, like um, in Final Fantasy thirteen, where there's more action-based uh, gameplay. I, for one, think if it isn't broken, then don't change it. What do you guys say to this? You know, I, I don't know. I'm kind of split. You know, I, I actually really liked the gameplay in thirteen and thirteen two. I think that was one of the redeeming values for me. Um, it reminded me of Ten Two, and I really like Ten Two as well. Um, yeah. But but you know th- there is something to be said for the style from you know one through ten. I, you know I, I don't think even they change though. I, I mean they, mm. they they change, but it it all still works on the same system. Do I think that Final Fantasy needs a reboot in terms of their gameplay and to to really kind of change the franchise? No, I don't think they do. They they ha- if you want action RPG, go play. Kingdom Hearts. Go play one of the other properties that they do. I think mm-hmm. Final Fantasy is what it is, and if you're if you're not a turn-based RPG fan, well, you're not going to enjoy anything that they do really because it's all going to be turn-based. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, plus there's other RPGs out like the Tales franchise where it's um, all like real time. You're running around. You you control where you run. You control what you hit. Yeah. But it's all I in like really a small like battlefield. That. That's that's what I don't like. I don't know why I don't like it. I guess it, it feels less like I'm like I'm doing anything even though you're actually doing more sense even though I'm actually doing more (laughs) yeah I don't know why but it just it's just hard for me to wrap my head around and that's why I didn't like Final Fantasy 12's gameplay that much but I definitely but that was still turn-based it's still turn-based but it's weird well well, like you you know by hitting by hitting attack you didn't actually attack you Mm -hmm. had to wait until he had the turn to do the attack 
I, and I think I think that's why I enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed the battle it's system the in eleven as well. exactly because it was yeah. so much like eleven. I just come off of eleven, so I, I enjoyed it for that reason. And I can understand why a lot of people didn't like it for that reason. It's all like, mm. although they don't have the same system, eleven, twelve, and thirteen are all still turn based. They 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 are. Yeah. I mean I mean I mean eleven is turn based in the same way that you know World of Warcraft is turn based. It's interesting because thirteen from the from just from a gameplay and a battle perspective kind of bridged the gap between um, what they, they made it. They made it. It's still turn based, but they made it pseudo turn based they, they by did. the fact that with the paradigm shifts made it real time. It did. It did. So it it was kind of eleven. It, it had that more real time aspect that eleven, twelve, and ten two had, but it still had the more a bit more of a turn based system that you know the the classic Final Fantasies had. I mean, I I liked it. a lot of people. You know, were think yeah, will make the argument that oh, you're just an auto battle the entire time. There's not any strategy to it. I, I mean, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't believe that at all. Um, but you know. I, I think it works, and, and regardless, it's still the Final Fantasy brand, which is they'll do what they want to do. So let them do whatever they want to do. I don't think it's broken. I think they'll just come up with something different as they as they go on. And I think that's a good mm. thing, really, because um, who wants a game that just stays the same all the time? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. Nintendo fans are quite happy with that because Zelda <laughs> is bless its heart. Uh, it, it's it's pretty much the same game. Uh, yeah, I prefer I prefer the. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want them to go any further with the gameplay unless if it like really, really needs it. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't want to go to the, I don't want to go to Kingdom Hearts. No, because I, I really, I really did like thirteen and thirteen two's gameplay style. It was challenging. It, it was a bit, yeah. It was like the challenging version of the traditional gameplay in a Final Fantasy, but it made sense and it was a bit more organized. Well, it, it, like, it plays know, into the Twitch mechanics that, that people yeah. just yeah. so desire these days. You I know, mean, I mean, I would sit mm, in Final Fantasy X and I would look at, okay, okay who's, who's doing what next? Okay, no. See, I, I want everybody to get experience, so if I put Waka in now, he'll go yeah. faster, and then I would just sit there for forever and ever and ever figuring that out. And it was great for what it was, but I think, I think mm. having different systems works. So, I, like I said, I don't think it's broken i really don't Mm-mm. yeah and as a, as we said earlier to be honest the gameplay is just as an aside in an rpg exactly the story is the yeah. main story is the main king. point it really is as long as i can beat it i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> no well, more ultimacy like some of the rpgs that i've done recently yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway so as long um, as i can complete it our next question is from Jaden yuki and they asked if you had the chance to date any final fantasy character who would you ask? And what would you do on your date? What kind of food would you eat? Be creative. Oh. Lauren's going to love this question. <laughs> Brian and I are just going to be like, whoa. <laughs> you I'm know, just glad my wife doesn't I listen think, to this podcast. Yeah, and my husband's sitting right here. So this might be awkward. <laughs> this is going to be great. Um, <laughs> Comedy gold. I think... Uh, I'm, really, I'm really thinking about this, though. Like, who would I actually want to date? You you do um, realize that th- 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 probably... th- this question sits up. I mean, it kind of sets up this whole sitcom thing. I should put like a laugh track behind all of our answers here. <laughs> this could also suggest I mean, Cloud... who you think I'm most like. <laughs> Cloud probably Cloud probably wouldn't talk enough. Like I feel like I would be bored with Cloud. Well, if he might like, open what are you up. Do? Um, Squall, I feel like would insult me, and I don't really want to be insulted on the date. I'm gonna bitch slap him. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna slap him. Um, <laughs> can't say that on a sitcom. 
I think of all the Final Fantasy characters, the only one that I feel like I could tolerate on a date is probably Irvine from Final Fantasy VIII. He oh. just has... He has an attractive personality. He's not overdone. He has a bit of an emotional issue. I mean, he cries, but that's okay. Real men cry. But I feel like he would actually, you know, disappointment be in his bedroom. I have to ask, oh, though, why, firing why, blanks. How, how, how is your answer not Aaron? Why have you not chosen Aaron? He's too old. I actually was thinking about Aaron, too, and I probably would, but I don't think he's the, you know, chocolates and flowers kind of dude. Plus, like, I even though he's only 30, like, odd, he looks about 50. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that I am either. Like, you know, I'm not necessarily of the... Oh, we have to have the perfect Valentine's Day ever. Oh my gosh, we have to have this, we have to have that. I'm I'm not like that really. I I don't she think is. I am. At least I see, see, but like, but you got Carol, you got you got to look at the question though because th- this would and essentially put us into the Final Fantasy universe. So do you want a guy who's going to cry mm-hmm. at the monsters or do you want a guy who's going to kick the monsters ass with his big ass sword? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I would date Brian. Br- I reckon Brian Brian would go for Jekt. No. If he was a woman, Jack would be his ideal man. I don't know. I just have to get over the necrophilia oh, um, thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Brian, Brian, take it away. Come I, on, please. I just, please save this. I, I don't know if I can. I just, I, now I'm only thinking about necrophilia. Uh, and I... <laughs> There's plenty of options there. I know, you. I know. Yeah, there are. Okay, all right. You get a big, mo- big boobs, McGee. Yeah. <laughs> Lady of the Night? I don't know. I mean, I mean, Renoa is too goofy. So is Selfie. So is Yuffie. Um, Eris is just annoying. She annoys yes. the ever-loving crap yes, out of me. Yes, we have people to join. Join the anti-Eris cause. I mean, I, mean, I didn't yes. cry when she died. It was sad, but she's just... She wasn't I didn't a, give a crap. <laughs> she wasn't a well-rounded character to me. I mean, I could go with Tifa oh and, and the big knockers, but I just... I don't know... Her character was. What about Garnet? Eh, I mean, I, I liked her for the sense, in the sense that she had a pretty singing voice because she sang the uh, Song of Memories. But she did. I don't know. I mean, it's just. She, I know that they weren't midgets. I know. I know that that was just the art style. But I can't get past that hump. That that would forever be in my mind. <laughs> oh um, my God. I don't know. Lightning, I'm afraid, would would cut me. Fang is just a little too butch. <laughs> what, lightning, can I go and do this? No, you will not. <laughs> Smack, oh, just yeah. punch Why you in I the face. Snow? I mean, oh, I should have said snow. hope. Oh, I'm sorry, not hope. <laughs> not hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Brian. Can be considered oh, what happened there? It probably is a good thing your wife doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but, Brian has a perching for small young boys. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Vanille is kind of. She's selfie and all the. So is um, Riku. Fang is very manly. She she is. So is Pain and and uh, Lulu. I just I don't know. So basically, I... you've restricted yourself to Yuna and Riku. <sighs> no, see, I'd have to cross Riku off the list. Riku is. Oh God, no, not Riku. Um, <laughs> oh, who who else? I, I'm I'm being very selective. Y- Yuna has shown that she is flexible, though. You know, she she can change. <laughs> what about Tara? She's kind of crazy, Lauren. She kind of okay. changes into mental flaming monsters. <laughs> what about um Actually oh, no, I, I know the answer. I know the answer and and again most people probably aren't gonna get it because they never played it, but from Final Fantasy eleven I would choose Lion. But she's basically just Riku. She no, she is not. <laughs> yes, she is. She is so not. She is the daughter of a pimp 
dad. I mean, her her dad is totally pimp. I love him. Isn't her, isn't her dad um, <laughs> she, Gilgamesh? He he's the leader of uh, of the of the ninjas in Norg, and isn't he? Isn't that isn't that Gilgamesh? I think so. I I honestly can't remember. She but does kind of look like but Waka. but Lion but Lion was badass. She is she's really cool. Uh, so I would take her out on a date, and then we'd go and ninja things together. She she would teach me her ninja ways, and then we would go mm-hmm. out and be ninja and ninjet together, and just have some fun <laughs> in the ninja world. and ninja ninjet. I'm just <laughs> saying. Well, I, I I would kind of have to have a ninja name, wouldn't I? I'd be uh, ninja of the Dark Briatsu. magic clan night things. Brianna <laughs> of the dark clan. Bite me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daryl, come on. Uh, Time for me to shut down every person. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I always had like a mini mini crush on Yuffie just because she's so goofy. I liked that. I just. But like, how can it, it, you? How it, can you do that? Just, just that whole. It just made me laugh every single. She'd like come in and go, "Yoink, stolen your material," and then she'd just stand there and just punch the air. <laughs> Daryl has a thing for Asian girls, but she I doesn't look Asian in the game. It. But see, I, I love in Advent Children when uh, when they're flying when they when. Uh, not squall when cloud is oh, that, fighting that stupid ridiculous scene but but, but but when they're all in the airship and and she, she's like uh what am i gonna what are we gonna do and then sid's like quiet woman men are talking i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh wait i changed my mind completely i'm dating sid i'm dating sid yeah, but he's a I'm wife beater sid. oh i don't care i'll beat him back. wait wait wait, wait, wait which, was, was he a wife beater in seven yeah because he like shira come on Oh, that's right. Would, that would be the most entertaining date ever. I don't think I would have like laughed so much my entire life unless if I went on a date with. But him. then he only liked that because he she ruined his life. Mm. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's a trade off. You ruin my life. I treat you like crap. You know, no, no, relationship no, that I, works I, for I, them. I think what I've just heard is Lauren. If you if you ruin my life, I'll beat you. I think that's what <laughs> I just heard. So Daryl rebuttal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> choose wisely. <laughs> I, th- I think you should go on to the next question, Lauren. No, no, we can't. We can't because I, I'm sorry. In I good conscience, I can't let you choose you. You've got to choose somebody else. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They're all so weird. <laughs> they are. <laughs> what about Keistus? No, but she's like got no personality. You- she does. It's just that it's repressed. Squall yep. is so mean. I, I, how do you know? She's like not in the story at all. <laughs> I know, but the way she She's interacts. Like, hey, do you want to go on a date? No. Look, how, how about okay, this? How about this? I, I, I won't judge you if you choose a man character because I, I would totally go on a date with Aaron. I think he's a sexy beast. <laughs> um, actually, ten probably did have the best characters from that perspective. Yeah. All, all the male characters have got certain qualities. Uh, even Titus included in that. Which is probably quite bad to say. But I was actually thinking about Titus. I was like, Do I if you ignore the laughing, him? yeah, I was about to say two words: laughing scene. If you, if you ignore that, he's actually got he's got a lot going for him. Aside from the woman, the womanness. But 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 I have to ask: how did how did Waka end up with Lulu? I just I no one knows. I don't because understand. She wanted that. to be with his brother, and he was like, yeah, well, she she's dead. Brother, he's dead. So, so well, we're kind of just pick up and but, go with but his at, brother. Th- at that point i mean isn't i mean i would be thinking if i was walking i'd be like great i'm just the sloppy seconds yeah he pretty much is but That's then still you gotta look at what he's he's got so maybe he's thinking i've done well here maybe not yeah 
He did get big boobs, McGee. Yeah. Part two. Does Lulu does, does Lulu big have jugs? Whoa, wait, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> does Lulu big have jugs? Oh crap! <laughs> Lulu does big have jugs. <laughs> Right, it's definitely time to move on. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Okay, okay. Well, the last one is from Deadly Rose 7717, who asks, out of all the Final Fantasy games or the last few games, they have awesome music. I personally love Final Fantasy 13. Excuse me, that was a burp. I personally... Don't hide it, own up to it. (laughs) I burped, what up? I, I personally love... Final Fantasy thirteen two for music the best. It seems so surreal and calming. Okay, not the battle music, but even that was sweet. I burst out laughing when I heard the Chocobo's hard, uh, hard metal song and lyrics. Did you guys enjoy that as much as I did? <sighs> I think I think Brian and I burst both burst out laughing at that Chocobo I, thing. I mean, but I, not in a good way. No, no, it was, not in a good it, way. It was, it was in complete disbelief. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Take the point separately here, Brian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and keep this as succinct as possible. Okay? The, the bottom line is that I believe that the music in Final Fantasy has, has lost a lot of the shine that it originally had. And I think a lot of that is due to the technology that is surrounding music these days. I think that there is being that so much of the focus is being put on the production value of the music now that that stuff like the melody and the memorability and the things that we really liked are suffering. Um, the music from 13 and 13.2 was not terrible. It just wasn't all that significant to me. Um, and, y- you know, I understand that they're trying to, to use stuff like the, the metal chocobo theme and then the heavy metal rapping song and the battle stuff to, to kind of mm-hmm. draw some attention, and then that's fine. You know, it, it was what it was. I don't judge it to be bad. I think the music itself is fine. But I, I don't know. I just... I don't think that the games have the music that they once had. I think, honestly, I think 11 was the last one that we've seen that has really good music. 14, I would say 14 has good music, but I haven't played the game yet because they won't come out for There aren't very many tracks in it either. Exactly. So, I don't know. I think everything... The theme from 11 is amazing. Prior to 30, it was all about locations, uh, uh, character themes, stuff. Like, if you play any song from 7, you pretty much know what it's linked to. Yeah. Play a song from twelve or thirteen. Probably not going to know. No, no. Yeah. Th- no, no. That's not you to may say that there aren't. The piece. I mean, I mean, there, there are definitely iconic tracks in thirteen and in the more recent games. I mean, I, I listened to and I've said this before, but in thirteen one uh, and the music also comes in in thirteen two. The battle music uh, with the violin uh, solo. Yep. Um, I, I said this in an episode of GMFM, but. Whenever I hear that music, I, I always remember what my wife told me when she was listening to it one time. She's like, you know what that music sounds like, don't you? I'm like, no, what does it sound like? She says, imagine a romantic comedy where the, uh, where the, the, the boy protagonist is chasing after the girl through the airport or through the downtown streets of New York. And that's all I can think about now whenever I hear that music. And so it's iconic for that. You know, it works well, but... I'm sure that that is exactly... What they were going what for. What Sakamoto is going for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I think this fans have been quite positive about the music in the last few games. I think it's generally the newer generation that have been, yeah, not the older generations. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not because we have some stupid nostalgia for Uematsu, because, you know, Uematsu is not the only person who can compose music in the world. No. Mm. It's the fact that they've lost why the music was, was so good. Yeah. It's like, 10 Part 2 had it as well. 
it, but that not again not so much but it was all about connecting the music with something mm-hmm. making it memorable mm-hmm. outside of the game 12 lost that completely oh, yeah. they made it completely ambient mm-hmm. and incidental everything was linked mm-hmm. to something in the game but nothing out of it 13 kind of had it a little bit but and it was good that they had the whole main theme going throughout you know something that was really good sure. for the previous games uh, but outside of that main theme quite a lot of it was quite weak it was um 13.2 for me was in some ways a major step up but in many in some other ways a major step down uh, yeah I, um, I, I think i think the ways that it was better were balanced out by the ways that it was worse yeah, so i mean kind of got like, the same thing you you may agree with me or not here brian but i think um mizuta really shone in that soundtrack yeah. like if you ask me, he has staked a claim to be Square Enix's new main composer to replace Uematsu because some of the thematic stuff he did in 13 Product, Caius's theme was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. Oh, definitely. And like, if he has the scope to actually do a soundtrack fully, there isn't. So, I mean, as much as they said that 13 Part Two wasn't going to be like a 10 Part Two, it was. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. if he has like, let's say Final Fantasy 15 is a really serious RPG. Mm-hmm. With a really serious story, kind of like Nier, I guess. Mm. I think he has the scope to really make a fantastic soundtrack, and he's really grown from Final Fantasy XI. He has, he has, and and the the original soundtrack from XI was great. The the spinoffs, the uh, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for here? The expansions. expansions. Thank you. Um, you know, they had some good tracks. The, in the, in the, them the, still, the, the but first on one, the, whole, the first yeah. one, uh, Zillar, Rise of the Zillar, yeah. was good. Everything after that, eh, kind of here. So you know, it's kind of yeah. I mean, eh. like Zitar, Zitar is probably like the main one that everyone always. Yeah, Zita, like, Kazam, uh, and, and a few others were were really good. But you know, honestly, I, I would say hire the guys from Near. Let them let just get them in. Let them do their magic. Yeah. But you know, go, going back to to Ten Part Two, Ten Part Two, I think was one of the best because they had very memorable themes that, that yeah, I still to this day um, associate with different parts of the game very clearly in That's my mind. That's actually quite funny as but well. But because... it, it, it also it was the first game that really got the production value up to what I wanted to be. It wasn't orchestral, yeah. unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it, it had some really funky music in it which was really cool i, I still I, really loved it i still remember 13 uh, sorry 10 part 2 was really funny because i had the soundtrack obviously before the game came out yeah. um because of the japanese release and i just remember listening to this soundtrack and i was like this is really not good because it was obviously the first soundtrack <laughs> post uematsu yeah and there was a lot yeah. of negativity around that no one was really sure what was going to happen i remember just i just remember yeah. listening to it thinking this is really bad and the only track i liked from the entire soundtrack it I didn't like real emotion. I get a thousand words was was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but the only track I liked was Mount Gargazette. Hmm. When I actually played the game, uh, the, the the only track I really didn't like was Mount Gargazette. <laughs> it did it didn't work yeah. with the game. Every other track worked with the game, but everything grew on me. Like I, I don't know if you're the if you guys are the same, but um, obviously a lot of the locations you visit revisit yeah now whenever mm-hmm. i think of a location thing like Besaid, I, I can't remember the 10 one no i remember but 10 i can two. remember the 10 too i always remember 10 um, too i love the um i i think yuna's theme for example had definitely improved from final fantasy 10 to final fantasy oh, eternity was it was a fantastic track yeah um which one the do 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 and then that's memory through life well eternity through, uh, was the the menu music which basically was yuna's theme uh, okay. 
because it was that yeah. was the one they did for her vocal collection and stuff. What was the one? Um, memory is it? Memory through yeah, that's waves? that's is eternity. That yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do love that one. So uh, that one is. Really I, 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 I mean, I those guys. The, the, uh, it was Ma- Matsuda and um, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, but they they've basically done nothing since that that game. Yeah. Mm. I don't understand why. I don't know. I really don't know. But I love the I love when you go to Besaid and there's like the maracas and stuff. It's like that is an uncanny impersonation. I you know I think I think they need to get that in the next game. But I I I did like Besaid's theme in Final Fantasy X though. Yeah, I guess in short for me. Summer thirteen two's tracks were amazing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, mm-hmm. Wish Laura and I really like. We we used to ask our wedding, used, so yeah, we used <laughs> um, it as our and, wedding and, track. And you know, Brian even said that he was kind of getting a bit emotional when that was playing too. Yeah, it, it has it has that quality about it. Um, that was actually composed by um, Hamwazo, I believe. Yeah, I, I do. I do um, want to interject just one quick thing. Uh, when we were, when my wife and I were at uh, Daryl and Lauren's wedding, uh, all of the music before the ceremony began were uh, piano versions <laughs> and guitar versions from Final Fantasy music. And uh, each time the next one would come on, I'd lean over and be like, "This is Final Fantasy IX. This is Final <laughs> Fantasy." <laughs> and your wife's like, "Shut up, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is Final Fantasy XII. Well, not twelve. You didn't have twelve, but this is Final Fantasy thirteen. That's because there's no 12 songs yeah. that you'd want. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want good wedding tracks, if if you happen to be planning your wedding or thinking about your wedding in the future, Final, you know. Fantasy, <laughs> Final Fantasy tracks are really good. But yeah. They really um, get emotional. So I, like 13 had some really good tracks. Like some of the battle music tracks as well. Uh, and They did experiment a lot and some of them really worked. Like yeah. some of the battle music was really, really good. It was. But there was just so mm. many bad things in there as well. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those soundtracks where it's it's such a mixed bag. It's it's kind of hard to recommend. Like twelve and thirteen, th- there wasn't so much great, but there wasn't so much bad either. It was kind of just well, twelve especially was was pretty bad, but <laughs> thirteen was kind of just like it was mediocre. Yeah, mm-hmm. just just twelve. Please- like thirteen part two has like some really really good and some really really bad. Just just, just I, <laughs> get get away from the orchestration, and, and what I mean by that is is don't think about what all of the instruments are going to be doing at the same time. Just, just think about what your melody is going to be. Think about yeah, what I mean, the tone like, is going not, to be and, mm-hmm. and just develop something simple and then create around that. I think that's what's I think been it's lost. The, it's, the, it's the Western problem again, though, because it maybe they've probably looked at Elder Scrolls and said, well, Jeremy Soule's doing this. Like, you know, he doesn't really have any melodies and stuff and everyone loves his music. Maybe we should do it like that. No, no, you should not no, do that. Don't do it like that. <laughs> I, I, you know, Otherwise, j- you're just becoming the same. Yeah. You don't want to be the same. You want to be different. That's why people liked it. That's why Final Fantasy is the most, it's like the best selling game music. That's why they have concerts for it. Yeah. Uh, but, they didn't do it yeah. just because you were the same as everyone else. I, I think, I think at the, and, and, <laughs> you know, I'm, I may be completely flamed for this but i think 20 years from now we look back on composers i don't think jesper kid i don't think jeremy soul i don't think uh enon zur who did dragon age i don't think these guys are going to be remembered the people who will be remembered will be uamatsu it will be uh it will mm-hmm. be koji kondo who did zel who's done zelda mario and most all of nintendo's main properties it will be these people who have created the themes that we know 
I think that's who's going to be remembered. And I think the only people who will be remembered from here on out will be the people who can who can tap into that 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 ability to create something that we're going to remember from now until the rest of time. We don't have that. Final Fantasy 13 overall didn't have that. 12 didn't have that. I think honestly 11 was the last game that they made that actually had that. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean 13-2 had it to a degree. That's why I think if they do do another one, um they really need to give ma- um Mizuta uh, like a full reign either that or get uh, Monaka on them because clearly the near soundtrack is going to be the one that people like people are still talking about it now it's yeah. it's like one of those games where it's just no one expected it it came completely out of the left field and it blew everyone away it did, it did. get get mm-hmm. either the team from near or let let Mitsuda do it with um, with Uematsu and Tanioka, who th- those are the three who did the original soundtrack for Eleven. I think the three of them together could split hey, hey, the load. No, Mitsu- and- Mitsuda is someone else here, Brian. It's Mizuta. Oh, I'm sorry, Mizuda. I'm sorry. I, I, was, Mitsu- I, was, like, I was like, wait a hey, second. Like, why Why do you want to give it to him? I'm not sure he could really if do they it. Wanna get, <laughs> if they want to get Mitsuda back, then, you know, Chrono Cross was was pretty special. Yeah. But then he's kind of just disappeared. Yeah. So. <laughs> mm. But I, mean, I, I stand by what I said. Get get the original three from eleven. Let them do the new one. I think they could do a pretty. Yeah, I think they could do a really decent job at it. I didn't didn't um, Kumi Tanioka do a soundtrack on a recent? I do, I don't know. I have not kept up with her work at all. I think she might have done. I'm not sure. Are we looking oh. it up? I, I sure. That's why not. I'll look it up. We need some filler music now. Do 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 do. Oh. We got the dog singing. They heard you. No, she hasn't. She hasn't done anything. She's she's pretty much the, the Crystal Chronicles composer. Well, see, that that's not a bad thing though, because you know, if they haven't done much work, that means they have ideas bubbling up in their head. They're ready to go. And she is a very interesting composer. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> if you've heard the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles soundtrack, yeah. Well, are, are, you, are um, you talking like original Crystal Chronicles? Yes, the original Crystal the, Chronicles. The main soundtrack. theme for that is one of my favorites. It is fantastic. It's, it's great. Because it's so, it's got melodies as well. But she did her own style. She did all these like really old medieval instruments. I know it's it, it's it's got a very folk, a very classic. Or, what's what's the word I'm looking? It's not folk. It's not. I don't think that's what I'm looking for. It's got a very. It's just a. It's just the end boss theme. Where it's like do 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 do. Like the in, like it's like bagpipes or something. Like what. What game but, music uses bagpipes? But it worked, Come on. Though. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I know it was amazing. I did, wait, wait, was she the one? She must have done Sandoria then in Final Fantasy XI because um, Final Fantasy XI that that particular theme has bagpipes I, in the entire thing. I think she actually did um, Bastok oh. stuff, and it was Mizuta who did Sandoria oh. because Sandoria is quite um, regal. Uh, yeah, and it's very repetitive as well. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's got because Mizuta was always about the ostinato. Yeah. And, Yatunga jungle. It's like the worst piece of music ever. It was fun though, (laughs) for the first couple minutes, and then you turn the music off. Do 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 do. it's like you you skip seven minutes forward in the track, and it's exactly the same thing. It is still the same thing. I will give you that. Oh, uh, but no, no. Uh, but, but seriously, the three of them could do a great soundtrack. Get them for fifteen. But I still my top choice. Please, I just I implore you, let the people from near do a Final Fantasy game. I don't care if it's a spinoff. Just let them into the why franchise. No one else is. Um, no one else. Like I think they've gone back. To, they did Tekken. Uh, the, the recent Tekken. 
just, and it's just like the same um, old Tekken music again. Get, like, get them out of the fighting uh, genre. Just like, get them out. You know, let them yeah, let, because they they can create a story with music. They have proven it so well. Let them do it. I don't understand, like because the Tekken games, the music, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it's memorable. It but works. Like it's not like anything music. standout though. No, and it's very different. Yeah. Like, how do they go That's from good. that? to Nia like I don't think yeah, anyone could ever have envisioned no, that no I mean and it's, it's just it's sheer brilliance and genius and genius that's in that's within the soundtrack and, and I just please and the discovery of something. Emmy Evans as well like just getting her on board was <sighs> genius stroke of genius yeah it was awesome I mean un- unless you can get Lady Gaga singing on your your, your <laughs> soundtrack I don't care about pop stars I really don't you know, and Lady Gaga is a bad example because I don't really like her anyway. Um, but, you know, unless it's somebody that we all know, j- just go with the people who we know are talented. Get Emmy Evans back in. Just please, please, Square Enix, hear my cry. Let <laughs> Just please bring the, 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 the composers from near. Bring the good days back. Let them, let them do something. If, if, if Uematsu is just done, which I understand he's written. Well, he's, he's, he's still doing stuff for Miss Walker. He's, he's doing a little bit of stuff mm-hmm. here and there, but it's not the same. He's not involved as he was back in the past. No, I mean, get the, the near the, like, people 14 in. 14 still had some good stuff in it. Yeah, it did. It had some fantastic stuff in it. I haven't played the game, but I've listened to the music, and it's great. But, oh, please, I just, I implore you. <laughs> someone, someone, someone who's mm. done an RPG needs to get them in bo- on board. Yeah. Square Enix made Nier 2, or at least, at least if, like, because obviously Nier was a, um, a spiritual successor to Drakengard. Yeah. If, if they, like, Drakengard, really not good games. <laughs> Nier, in some levels, really not a good game. Yeah. But they actually created a niche for themselves. Yeah. Make a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Make a good game. Just play. I would buy another Anyway, year. right. Definitely. We have gone way too long here. We have, <laughs> this know. has been the segue of I all segues. I just let segues. you music people just go off. <laughs> like, I'm sure we've done more than enough What's that you say, well. Daryl? A music segment? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> right, yeah. Music segment. Um... So, we've actually got some music here from Final Fantasy X, and it's an arrangement of Hurry, called Ethnic Rush, by Brandon Strader. Or, is it Strader, Brian? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you want, Daryl. <laughs> just, just go for it. Do you, want to, do you want to tell us a bit about the track, Brian? Or... Um... No, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Not because it's a bad it. song, but just because I, today it. was the first day I've, I've actually heard it. So it doesn't matter. Everything that is OC remix orientated, I just say Brian. <laughs> you should know. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I I I take this track. It's um. It's different. It's different. Yeah, it is very different, but it, it's nice. It's really really. Well, th- really this good. is the first time I've actually but, yeah. looked at. I, I didn't know what the name of the ti- or the name of the song when uh, when we were listening to it, and uh, and I actually commented. I said, you know, I can't tell what genre it is, but actually, it it works. That you know, the the title actually talks about that. It says ethnic rush. It's kind of like yeah. just rushing you with a whole bunch of of different genres of, of music. I, I believe I um, well. also the the inspiration for the track was that. Um, it was it was something like on on OC Remix they said that the one track that was impossible to arrange from the Final Fantasy X soundtrack was Hurry, and so and so they made an mm. entire album so they made an entire album just this one song, yeah. yeah. And everyone tried to do it in different yeah. ways, which is why this track's a little bit shorter. I do love than Hurry. the normal arrangement just because it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but anyway. I, I think it worked well. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. so um, our next episode of Final Fantasy Union is actually scheduled to come out on the first day of E3. <laughs> so um, we may have some really fun stuff to talk about. We may not. Uh, we, I think, 
I think it's fair to say we're not actually attending E3 this year on mass like we have for the last three years because uh, we're actually going to take a break this year. You know, it's it's actually a really really stressful time. Um, Churo is actually going to be going for Kingdom Hearts Union, so you should still get some stuff from him the week two weeks after E3. But um, by the time you hear this podcast, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be coming out on the first day of E3, but it will be recorded a few days you before. You do so realize we, what's going to happen, though. The, the, we're going to end up recording it Monday night. No, no, no. The, the one the <laughs> one year that we don't go to E3 and Mass oh, will yeah, be the year be that like Square Enix just oh, takes yeah. a massive diarrhea dump of information, and we're not going to be there for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Thanks for the positivity to you. I'm just Brian. saying, you know, it's going to happen. It, th- th- this is our luck. J- just, like I said, expect the, the diarrhea yeah. of information to splash all over E3. Daryl, think of our future yeah. house. Think of our future house. <laughs> um, yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I don't know what we're going to do with regards to calling it. It may be best if we um, maybe release it on the Wednesday or the Thursday. We'll see what know, happens. We'll play depends it by what, ear. Yeah, it depends what's announced at the press conference. Still, what rumors we get hit her um, wind off beforehand? Because like 2009, we knew Final Fantasy 14 was happening before you peons. <laughs> 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 Actually, um, I I knew about Final Fantasy 14, and I knew about Front Mission Evolved. But I knew Front Mission Evolved as a mystery game. <laughs> that was what it was called. <laughs> and I went into the I went into the. Um, the uh the, the interview room with um uh, with the guys it just front mission involved on the screen i was like oh well that's what i'm seeing then great i know nothing about well i know bits and bobs about front mission oh and who am i interviewing the vice president of square Enix. well good for me your first e3 like first interview didn't know the game had no preparation it's good stuff <laughs> oh, Daryl's. It wasn't my fault I blamed Pierre. Oh. Uh, but I got him to talk about miso soup, which was good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the dog agrees. Yeah, the dog does agree. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um, yeah. Uh, if you if you haven't subscribed yet, please feel free. Um, we're on iTunes. If you just search for Final Fantasy, we come up as the number one podcast because we're the best. We are the it's best. It's that simple. We've yeah. been around for many, many years now. And... Um, we are, we are, you've put us where we are pretty much it uh, you can of course catch every episode of this podcast at FinalFantasyUnion.com as well as all the latest Final Fantasy news coverage which is pretty sparse at the moment <laughs> yeah and um, that's pretty much it uh, hopefully we can share a bit more with you about Final Fantasy Union version 4 in the coming weeks um, I'm not sure if that's going to be possible but I'll keep you guys posted but until next episode, it sh- which should be great fun. Uh, it's time to say goodbye, guys. Bye bye. Yeah, I know, Brian. It's probably going to be another year before I know. we're back on. <laughs> I think the last episode I was on was number 35. So, um, wow. <laughs> Here's looking at episode 100. Woo! All right, goodbye. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, no, I think I want to do it. Can I do it in the Mickey voice? I know this isn't the Kingdom Hearts show, but... Sure, go for it, Brian. Goodbye, everybody! Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Daryl. I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a TweaksMusic.com and FinalFantasyUnion.com production. 